Welcome to the Unlearn Yourself Podcast. This is the place to discover and remember yourself as you unlearn who you have been taught to be. We will explore who your true self is by diving into your inner world and creating the most empowering, aligned, and free relationship with you and your life. Hello there, everyone. This is Ben today, and we're doing a bit of a uh, husband takeover of the podcast, so I get to host today and change things around and ask you the questions. So, how are you today? I'm good today. Good today? Yeah, I'm good. Yeah? How does it feel to be kind of the one answering the questions for once? I'm excited. Yeah? Right. Um, I always end up always being the one to ask questions mm-hmm. so it's nice to be the one to be asked the questions yeah yeah a little bit of a change of pace yes right? yes i'll have to see if i can live up because uh you're known for asking pretty good questions so let's see if you can answer good questions too i'll give it a good try a good try all right so we're gonna start off right with the podcast itself because I'm curious you've been doing this now for about a year and a half a year a year right you did all of season one and we're quite a ways through season two now talked to a lot of people done a lot of solo episodes so I'm curious what overall has this podcast kind of shown you taught you it's shown me that I really like to learn I really like to ask questions. Um, it showed me that I like like the medium of podcasting and audio mm-hmm. a lot, actually. Um, it's also been a huge challenge for me to step outside my comfort zone and use my voice and really just rely on my voice because you can't really see me right now. All you can do is hear me so it's like relying on the the power and the energy of my voice and my speech yeah because it's kind of different like in person you have no fear at all you're just you you talk to people you ask all your interesting questions but it feels like for some reason sitting behind a microphone it's different yeah and for some people might be easier because there's you're faceless but I just feel like it's harder to translate emotions and it's, hard, it's harder to translate what you're really feeling and thinking and what you really want to get across. Yeah. So you have to really like, you really have to own your your speech and your voice and how you articulate and how you present information, especially. So it's been a fun challenge of exploring that, but it's also been really fun to just like pick people's brains and learn from them and ask the ask questions of things I'm curious about. And if anything, the podcast has been like a huge platform of learning myself and bringing knowledge and information to other people so they can also learn and grow and develop and who they are as well. So it's been like kind of, it's also benefiting me. Of course. Yeah, you know, it's been interesting because I'm the one that gets to edit and and listen to the podcast and everything, but I'm never 
present during the actual recording. Yeah, you're the producer. I'm the, the producer. So it's kind of fun, you know, knowing that you have, you know, a conversation with somebody and then you go through it all and then, you know, maybe a week later I I listen to it and it's it's so interesting how there's almost different perspectives. You know, when you talk to someone and then when I listen to someone and how you how you sort of perceive all of that and I'm I'm kind of curious, you know, with doing now 20 to 25 different episodes. Share with me a couple of kind of the big insights you've taken away from some of them. Oh, like some of my favorite interviews? Yeah, or just some of your favorite topics that happened to come up during a talk. So some things that might have been... I know for you, a lot of your podcast is very flowy, mm-hmm. um, which is fun because sometimes that just brings up conversation that you may have never thought was going to happen. Yeah. So what are some of those insights, some of those highlights of, of things that have come up through your podcast? Well, I like actually approaching the podcast in a very fluid way and not having an agenda or a list of questions that I'm going to ask the guest. I have a very vague and overview of who the person is and what they're about, but I really let the conversation and being present with them lead versus my own what I think I need to ask or what kind of podcast episode needs to turn out to be I'm really in like in a surrendered in a very much let's just see what conversation unfolds and I think that's the beauty of it because I really want my podcast to feel like a conversation I don't want it to feel like I know better than you or I somehow mastered something that you need to now Mm -hmm. learn and master yourself I really want my podcast to feel very personable, relatable. Um, you're listening. You're listening to somebody's wisdom in real time, their interpretations, their answers in real time. Um, and so, from all the guests that I interview, I try to really keep it very conversational and very um, fluid in the way that I ask questions. And honestly, I ask questions that I want answers to. Of course. <laughs> so. And I think it's beautiful because I take something away from every single episode. Yeah. Like, oh, that's great. Or, wow, that's amazing. Or, wow, like, it's, it always hits me in, in relation to where I'm in my life and what I'm going through. So it's like it, the timing of it is always spot on. Yeah, that's what I find fascinating and quite impressive about when you do these. Because you sit down with maybe a question or two. And then the rest you just kind of let unfold as it as it as it goes. And then I'm the one sitting here with a whole list of questions that are planned out. Like it's so interesting to see how the dynamic of how we do things is different. Yeah, and I've actually really had to learn how to embrace that about myself. Yeah. Like I think the world teaches you you need to be very strategic and have everything prepared and have all the questions and really complete like, you know, have a full understanding of what you're about to get yourself into. But I am on the opposite end of the spectrum where I really work best in fluidity and flow and really intuitively and 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 feeling the energy of the person and kind of having this energetic bounce off that's happening. And it allows me to really like dance. I kind of want to dance through the things I do. Yeah, absolutely. I think having known you for 10 years, this is something you've always done. But I would say more recently, you've really embraced it. Yeah. 
and like kind of honored and owned that that's who you are. Mm -hmm. um, do you feel like sort of being a projector and the human design has helped you to sort of understand that a bit more about you? Yes and no. I feel like, yes, because I'm aligned too. So immediately that just makes me somebody who wants to be in like a, I need to be in an energy exchange with somebody or with something to truly like, to then truly show up and give my, give my wisdom or mm -hmm. give my, you know, insight or give my guidance. That's kind of how I work. It's like the energy bounces off and that's how I play off of things. And then being like, what is that arrow? The top right arrow points left. So it's like more passive brain mm -hmm. where I'm very much more right brain human being, than a left brain human being. So like my brain operates in a very creative way as well. So like, actually, I remember this. I remember when I gave that um, talk to the woman, uh, the group of women. And, oh, yeah, yeah. And, you know, I had prepared like a, mm -hmm. like an outline <laughs> And I remember, like, like literally, like, five minutes into the talk, I was just, like, stuttering, stumbling on my words, and, like, losing my train of thought. And then, like, halfway into the presentation, I just, like, threw the piece of paper on the floor, and I said, nope, not doing it this way. And I, I actually realized when I have an outline and things I need to say, I actually, it blocks my train of thought. It blocks my flow. Yeah. So, like, from that experience, I learned, like, it's okay to not know. It's okay to not have prep work. It's okay to not have an outline. It's okay to just show up and meet the moment in real time and just see what unfolds. Yeah, it's a very it's a very deep trust, honestly, exercise. Because I have a hard time doing that. Um, I've also been learning a lot about it. But I've, I've noticed that it really comes down to trusting that you do know what to say what questions to ask without having this structure and detail to it. Right. You know, cause I remember there's been a couple of videos, YouTube videos you've done in the past too, where you tried to use my method of detailing and creating an outline and all that. And you're right. It just, it didn't seem to flow very well. And I remember you ended up even redoing it and just totally restarting. Yeah. I find that really interesting. So speaking of human design, um, I'm curious, and I imagine the listeners are also rather curious, where did you sort of learn about human design? Like, like where did it all come from, and what has it taught you? Um, so I randomly found human design in the summer of 2019, June 2019. <laughs> Almost two years ago? It was, it, was, it was just my time to find it then. And I found it and I was super intrigued and I did my little like chart and I, looked, and I found out I was a projector and I had no idea what that meant. And the body graph looks real weird. And I was like, <laughs> what is this? I remember. Um, and then I just went on like a Google search rampage of just trying to understand what it means to be a projector. And then honestly, it was a relief, like truly a relief. I was like, oh, now it makes so much sense why I never could keep up with anybody why I was never interested in, like, hustling through life, working hard through life. Like, it just never made sense to me. It also made me understand that I'm really here to operate very differently. And I have felt that about myself my whole life. It just kind of put words and structure to how I, how I have felt my whole life. So that's really how I feel like it impacted me. 
And I feel like learning how our energy operates is really pivotal to then how we show up in the world. Yeah. I mean, I remember you showing me my chart and same thing, just being like, honestly, my first thought was, okay, here's another another program about who we are, you know, and because there's... So many out there. There's so many different things. You've got astrology, you've got Enneagrams, you've got all sorts of things. But what I've noticed, at least for you and for me, is human design seems to have made the most sense, kind of. It's it's clear, but kind of open. Um, it's not telling you who you are or who you should be. It's it's allowing you to basically meet yourself in the way that it resonates with you. Right. Does that make sense? Yeah, it's almost like, I, I think of it almost kind of like a skeleton that you then get to build on. Yes. You know, it's not the whole picture. It's just the basics of kind of who you are generally and like ways that you, it's kind of like ways that you can thrive ways that you can embody more of yourself, but then what you do with that is still choice. Yes. You know, I like that. Everything has self-responsibility. Yeah. Okay, we're going to change gears a little bit. Okay. We're going to have some fun. Okay. So, we often go out on hikes. We like to be out in nature. We We both find that it's very kind of nurturing and fulfilling. And whenever we go on a hike, you have a tendency to do this at least once while we're on a hike. You walk up to a tree, you give it a hug, and you start talking to it. (laughs) And I'm curious why. Because I love it. (laughs) (laughs) Because I just am like in so love with the tree. I don't know. Trees are some of my favorite things on this earth. Like, I love... I love trees. I like trees are just like, you know, if we talk about like, what do you love about being on earth? Trees. Trees. (laughs) (laughs) I love trees. Mm -hmm. And like when I understood that trees are kind of like pillars of light, energetically they're pillars of light and they're kind of like, um, kind of like the blood vessels, you know, they're transporting oxygen. Right. They're, they're, we are an in, we are in an interdependent relationship with the trees. And I don't know, I just have this deep love for trees. Like, I'm fascinated by trees. Yeah, what, you know, I mean, obviously they're, they're very impactful. You know, you look out the window that we're sitting next to and you see trees and they just, they're overwhelming in a way, but in beauty. Um, but you know, we, you and I, especially over the past few years have become really kind of attuned with nature. Yeah. And I'm curious, you know, it's, it's one of the things that really grounds you. And I'm curious what you feel like, what's the energy like when you go out and you put your feet in the grass or you take a dip in a cold stream like what does that evoke what does that energy feel like for you uh it feels like being held mm. it feels like being supported it feels like being nurtured and nourished it feels like 
you can come as you are. You can be as you are. There is no judgment. There is no, there's no way you need to be. I feel totally like, I feel totally like grounded in who I am. And there's a sense of freedom I experience. Mm. And also the sense of like oneness. That I am the tree and the tree is me. That I am all that I see. You know, and I think, and I really think like after years of understanding mindfulness and meditation is when you look at a tree, you don't see the tree for what you think you've learned a tree is. You see the essence. You see the energy of a tree. Mm -hmm. You meet the tree. You don't meet the tree with your mind, but you meet the tree with clear sight in your heart. And there's an openness. Yeah. You know, it's, it's. It's fascinating sometimes watching you out in nature because there'll be times we'll go on a hike and you'll you'll get emotional. Yeah. <laughs> just by, you know, the green grass and the trees and mountains. Like, you'll just sit there and you'll start to get emotional. Yeah. And that's so much more than just feeling grounded. No, I, I don't know. I don't know how to describe it. There aren't words to put to yeah. it. I just feel this overwhelming sense of love do you feel like there's almost this sense of oneness with it yeah for sure i feel i feel in a way like a way i i kind of feel like the way the nature provides for me and protects me i need to do that for nature i don't know it just i can't describe it it's It's feeling purely feeling based yes and i think if you've experienced it you know what i'm talking about of course i have it's just, it's very interesting. It's fascinating to watch you. It's just the awe that you have for for nature in general. Because, I mean, we, we've we spent, and a lot of people spend a lot of time in cities. Where yeah, you've got, I hate cities. Where you've got concrete and it, buildings and, and everything. And we did that for a while. <laughs> and it's it's quite incredible to see that a lot of people are it's almost as if people are being called back to nature now. Yeah. You know, with this whole transition of everything that's been going on, you see much more of an influx of people moving to smaller areas and wanting to be part of nature. And I'm curious why you think that is. I mean, what's there in a city? <laughs> I mean, to I mean, a lot of people, it's it's the amenities. It's you're the like a, nightlife uh, and all that. You're like a lab rat in like a little like four by four box feeding this program that what you need is things to make you happy. Mm-hmm. You need to have this kind of clothing and this kind of car and this kind of house and this kind of food to make you happy. But then if that's what you need, then how come people are not happy? Right. Why are people more sick, more stressed, more anxious, more depressed, more suicidal than ever before? Because mm-hmm. we are so far removed from a symbiotic, harmonious, in tune life that's lived. It's like we're not alive. We're not surrounded by things that are alive. Everything is dead. Mm-hmm. Like concrete, you know, it's, I just feel like people who are highly sensitive can't live in environments like that. Where everything around you is just this, it's like fabricated happiness. Yeah. You know? And, yeah. Why, why do you think a lot of people are like all of a sudden buying houseplants? <laughs> it feels like, you know, with everything that's happened over the last year, year and a half, it almost feels like 
for many people, it's sort of opened your eyes and said to what really matters in yeah, life. Yeah, there's there's it's it's almost like it's allowed people to slow down and and look at what is important, what they value. And a lot of people realize that this world, this natural world, it brings a lot of joy. joy. You yeah. know, and we are dependent on it. Yeah. Almost exclusively, exclusively. In, in, in when you really break it down. Yeah. Wouldn't be alive without it. I just find that, I don't know, inspiring in a way. To see that things are shifting, it gives me a bit of hope for things. Because, I don't know, I feel like the natural world in a lot of ways has struggled because of us. Mm-hmm. And it feels like for the first time in a long time... People are wanting to give back a bit. Mm-hmm. It's good to see. Okay, moving on. Okay. A couple more inter- interesting questions. We'll go a little deeper with some stuff. One thing that I always like to watch with you is... I like some kind of science experiment. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. I feel like you do things very authentically. And for me, you know, I've been someone who's lived kind of inauthentic for a lot of my life. So watching you, in a way, has been truly fascinating because of how authentic you do things. And also how much you've you've been through in your life, it's... It's quite impressive. So I'm curious. Share with me a couple of your sort of self-care practices. Things to keep you authentic. So I like time alone. Mm-hmm. I like solitude a lot, actually. And you're not afraid to ask for it. I'm not afraid to ask for it either. I'm As I've grown up, I am definitely someone who's an introvert. I get energy by being alone. And I really value spending time with myself. Mm-hmm. Like it is probably one of my core values is solitude, stillness, time by myself. It's because I truly feel so nourished when I'm spending time alone. So you know that. Like of it's like when I'm alone, I feel like the energy is so calm. Yeah, and you know, it's interesting because it it doesn't even necessarily have to do with you don't really want to be around me or this person or that person. It's just the energy of being in your own space. Yeah, and being in my own energy. Yeah. Yes. Which is really cool because... And I'm very picky and choosy of who I spend time with. Of course. And how I spend my time. Would you say that's because you're someone who's pretty sensitive? Yes. Oh my gosh. My sensitivity has gone off the charts as I've gotten older. It's like all of a sudden, everything is too much for me. Why do you think that is? Why has it increased so much? Because I've noticed it in the past year or two years, it's doubled or tripled. Why do you I don't think know. That is? I think it's part of my path. I think it's it's what makes me highly intuitive and highly empathic. And I think it helps me understand people better because mm-hmm. that's literally how I work. When I do my sessions with my clients, I am energetically reading that person. And I feel like having highly, high, highly sensitive skills or being a high sensory human being allows me to have very it's like it's like I have like a really wide range of energetic input I'm able to decipher and translate so I I see it as a gift 
Um, and sometimes it can be really intense because you of can course. feel the energy of a space and other people are like just living as though nothing's happening. And I'm like, do you not feel this? Um, I don't know. I think it's, it's, it's a gift, but I think because I've opened up so much to it, I always have to, I have to be alone a lot, but I like being alone. And I think when I'm alone, so that's like, that's like when some of my best ideas, my best inspirations come to me, like the best downloads I get. Yeah. Do you think that part of that sensitivity is just because you've come to embrace it more? I don't know if it's because I've come to embrace it more. I just, I just feel like as I've gotten older, I've gotten, for lack of a better word, wiser. <laughs> yeah. Cause you know, and I just feel like I've just become more receptive and available to higher frequencies and things that are beyond just five sensory experiences and five sensory things. And it's like my goal in my lifetime is to embody as much as my spirit as I can in physical form. I want to bring my, you know, my, my non-physical higher self into my physical body and live as a spiritual being embodied as a human being. Right. And it, it feels like a lot of the world and of a lot of cultures almost train you to be less sensitive, yeah. to be more stoic and you know, grounded and rooted and not have too much emotion and sensitivity. It feels almost like kind of a, a plague in the world. Yeah. This lack of sensitivity. Yeah. Do you feel like, do you feel like people should be more sensitive? I feel like, I don't necessarily feel like people should be more sensitive. I feel like people, people should be more open in their hearts. Yeah. I feel like you sh I feel like having an open heart is allows you to relate to life and allows you to have more empathy and compassion. And I feel like the more compassion and empathy we can have towards things and people and situations and life itself, I think the less judgmental we are and the less um separated and divisive we live lives. Mm -hmm. You know, we not we're not so separated as human beings and I mean, I think some people are naturally gifted at being compassionate and empathic and some people have to work at it. But I mean, it's really going back to how much, how open are you with yourself? How much are you allowing yourself to experience the openness of your own heart and receive yeah. your own love? Yeah, that kind of comes back to that relationship with yourself. Yeah. You know, it's interesting you were talking about like the separation and kind of disconnect of people. And it's something that bothers me a lot, especially in the COVID times right now, where there's such a human disconnect. And it's it's almost a little scary because it's becoming so normal. Mm -hmm. Do you feel like that's going to have sort of a negative impact like down the road long term where people aren't able to really connect right now in person and it's almost like there's there's a bigger disconnect than there's been in a long time i feel like it depends on your level of i mean for lack of better word your level of consciousness i feel like the more fear you have in your system and the more fear oriented you are the more the more disconnected you're going to feel and the more freaked out you're going to feel. And that's kind of, I mean, that's been played out, but 
I also feel that I don't know. I just it reminds me of a lady when we were walking. We even had her like oh, yeah. masks on. She like freaked out because we were like too close to her, even though we were like you know a correct yeah. distance apart from her. I mean, I just I think you have this is where empathy and compassion comes in for everybody's experience. You know, some people are a lot of fear and don't know how to deal with it. And who am I to judge that person? Of course. Like, all I can do is be like, oh, that person's suffering. That person's clearly in a lot of fear. Oh, how much more compassion can I just extend to this person without being like, this person's a weirdo. Right. I think I think it comes back to how we interact with it all. Because we can't control how other people are responding to, this, to the situation or to what life has... Mm what like has been unfolding i think it's all about how we are interacting with it and how much sovereignty we're how much how sovereign we remain and how free we remain and how unaffected we remain and how clear we stay within ourselves so we can discern the truth right it it, in an interesting way it sort of comes back to that self-relationship again yes you know we may not be able a lot of people aren't connecting like they used to but it's one of the best opportunities to reconnect with yourself yes so it's like there's positives negatives and it all depends on how how you interpret it how you look at it yeah that's very cool you're very wise you know that ding okay so you know with well Let's talk about me. Because I have a question. Okay. (laughs) That has to do with me. And honestly, probably a lot of people. Because it's this is something that I've struggled with for a long time. And I've talked to you about it before. And I always get curious. And it's still something that seems to evolve and transform within me. And it's this... I mean, the most common term is the pleaser the giver, the overgiver, people which, pleaser. the people pleaser, which I've been most of my life. Um, I have done a lot of healing with it, but one of the things that's kind of been coming up for me is, you know, I don't feel like I'm a people pleaser anymore. I don't really overgive or put others first, but I'm really still trying to build and grow a more authentic relationship with myself. Mm-hmm. You know, it's I, I find myself sitting in that in-between zone of I'm not really, I'm not necessarily putting others first, mm-hmm. but I'm also not necessarily putting myself first either. I'm almost in this little bit of a limbo. Mm-hmm. And I'm, I'm curious what, almost like what insight do you have when it comes to, to this experience where, you know, someone who's been a pleaser for a long time is rebuilding the relationship they have with themselves. How do you, I guess, what would you sort of share with that person, share with me as to really, how to really take that next step towards having a real authentic relationship with myself Okay, well, do you know why you're a pleaser? I have known, yes. Why are you a pleaser? I feel like I just... I put myself as a very low priority. 
and put others at a higher priority because I was looking for something from them. Usually a sense of approval or acceptance or something like that. And it, it, it's been a little tricky because I don't, I don't have a bad or negative relationship with myself, but I do feel like I seek sort of acceptance and approval from others, which is why I have been a pleaser and why a lot of people in this world are. So, so you're saying that you're a pleaser, but you're actually, this is all self-interest here. Yeah. This is, this is which all is just, the this is interesting, but confusing. This part is of it the all. ultimate form of selfishness here. Right. I'm doing this actually for myself. Yeah. And, but my mind is going to trick me to thinking that I'm actually doing this for somebody else. Right. You're pleasing the other person. Not because to benefit me to ben not to benefit them. You're doing it to benefit yourself. Right. Because when I, when I see someone say they're a pleaser, I'm like, that's, you're just, that's like, that's like a very distorted form of self-interest because I'm so interested in getting love and approval for myself. I mean, I'm so interested in getting love and approval or love and approval or acceptance on this person that I'm willing to do whatever it takes to be, to, to be seen in that way from this person and to be to, to that person, have that perception of me. Right. So this is all self-interest here. This is, this is, this is, this is, this is the, this is the other way of looking at this. Yeah. It's like, oh, I'm sacrificing myself or I'm doing so much or, you know, look at how kind or amazing I am. You're actually just, you're, 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 you're just basically not taking responsibility to, to perceive yourself in the way that you want to perceive yourself. You're offloading that responsibility onto somebody else. And it's all just a self-interest loop that you're playing yourself in versus you're like, okay, do I need the middleman? Do I need them to love and accept me? Right. Uh, yeah, I do. So it's self-interest is so I'm going to please that person. But when you take that self-interest out and you realize I can get what I'm looking for from them, I can get that from myself. You're not going to need to be in that kind of dysfunctional pattern Right. With anybody in your life anymore. And what I've noticed more lately is that I've disconnected a lot from needing that from others. But where I've found myself lately is I won't necessarily try to please someone for approval. But I've created a pattern where I, I, I will avoid doing certain things. Which I think comes from, well, I don't want to be a, I don't want to be like a pleaser, but I also don't want to honor what I need either. So I sort of just avoid it altogether, which is sort of that gray area. And I'm curious what your insight is on that. Why are you avoiding and what are you avoiding? I think I'm avoiding, I think it's a fear of... Like it's still, it still comes down to that pleaser, but it's like the fear of disapproval. So instead of, cause I, what I used to do is like, let's say I would have a conversation with someone and I would just kind of put up a little bit of a facade in order to pretty much guarantee that that person will approve of me or accept me. So self-interest. Self-interest. But I stopped doing the facade, but because I haven't really honored the relationship I have with myself. 
I don't put the facade up, but I don't put myself up either. I just don't do anything. So what I'm hearing you say is that you're in rejection of who you are. Exactly. And not until do you come into embrace and acceptance of who you are, will you start to be authentic in your interactions, in your relations with people. Right. And I think this is this is more to do with why why I'm rejecting myself. Mm-hmm. What about myself do I not like? Where have I not met myself with love, with compassion, with understanding? So when you're faced with a situation like that, mm-hmm. where you may have to sort of stand by your own belief or your own self-interest, whatever. Um, how does it work for you? You know, cause you're obviously, and you're never someone who's been a pleaser. You've always been very authentic. And I'm curious what sort of goes through your head, goes through your body when it, when you're faced with a situation where you have to stand very authentically in yourself. I don't want to abandon myself. Mm. I, I know what abandonment feels like. It's kind of like an honor. Yeah, I'm yeah. not abandoning myself. I'm not going to abandon who I am just so you like me, just so you love me, just so you accept me. That's like the ultimate form of self-rejection, self-betrayal. Mm. And I'm not going to commit that kind of violence onto me. I have too much love for myself to to betray myself. I wouldn't I wouldn't dare do that to myself. Mm. Because at the end of the day if I need this person to love me, to like me, to approve of me, to accept me, then I am not I am I have somehow made it not my job. Like it's like it's like a responsibility that I don't want okay and i'm making it someone else's job but at the end of the day like people perceive you people meet you at the level they have met themselves people can love you at the level they have they have loved themselves people can accept at the level that they have accepted themselves people can see you at the level they have have seen themselves and for me if i'm going to talk about staying true to myself i'm not i'm not going to just it's like i'm not going to just like it's like stabbing myself in the back. Mm-hmm. Not doing that to myself. Like if, if I'm good with me, I don't care who else isn't good with me. Yeah, so it feels like in those moments you really, you recognize the, the importance of staying true to yourself. Yeah. And not giving up who you are for someone that essentially can't give you what you want they can't give me what i want at the end of the day no other human being could truly in a secure stable certain way give me what i want i can hope and want and expect that from them but human beings every human being is flawed is imperfect is on is is learning is discovering is is gonna go through trial and error is gonna make mistakes so ultimately, the only person that can get, really give to you sort of what you desire or, or whatever is you. Is you. No matter what. Yes. That's powerful. Stop outsourcing that. Right. 
That's something you can't outsource. And that's where a lot of us get into trouble because we outsource this and we go on to these dysfunctional patterns and dysfunctional relationships. Yeah, I mean, it it does. It creates... I mean, I had done it for so long. I've done a lot of work on it in the last couple years, but I had done it for so long. It was scary to look at because I recognized how habitual it was. Yeah, but then the people pleaser is is angry that they keep attracting a narcissist into their life. Ironic, right? It's like... Yeah, that's also what I'm asking for. You're (laughs) participating in the pattern here. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, it was really interesting. And then like, you know, speaking of of narcissism, it's interesting because you've been studying a lot about, you know, narcissists and narcissistic behavior and all of that. And you've been sharing a lot with me. And it's been really fascinating to sort of recognize those people that have come up in my life that are people that almost feed on the people pleasers. Yeah. You know, they want pleasers in their life because, you know, someone that is narcissist, for example, they, they want people to kind of do as they want. Yeah. Right. And people like how I used to be would. Yeah. Just to, you know, I would I would completely set aside myself. I'd put up this facade that was oh, like barely me. Yeah. Just to make sure somebody else was happy and that I felt like I was approved of. Yeah. Nobody's taking responsibility yeah. here. Yeah. It's like I need you to give me what I need, what I can't give myself. And I need you to give me what I can't give myself. Like two people with that kind of dynamic coming together. It's like, no, 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 no. I don't need you to give me that. I Mm -hmm. can give me that. Oh, wait, what? That's possible? Yeah. And, you know, (laughs) and then since doing a lot of my own healing work, I've I've recognized that the friends and people that are sort of left in my life are people that that genuinely want me to be me. Yeah. You know, they don't want anything else from me. It's like I've, I, I unconsciously, you know, took out the trash in my life. Yeah. (laughs) You know, and those kind of people, I don't ever experience them. So it's like, here's what I would say is the thing that you need from somebody else is the thing that you're not giving to yourself. You're outsourcing that from some, you're outsourcing that to somebody else. But you realize, what is it that I need from this person? Be it mom, be it dad, be it husband, be it wife, be it children, be it boss. What is it that I need? I need them to recognize me. I need them to appreciate me. I need them to love me. I need them to say how proud they are of me. What do I need from them? Mm -hmm. It's the thing that you need from that person is the thing that you're not giving to yourself. And you're like, okay, I need them to say I'm proud of me. Have I told myself that I'm proud of me? Right. No, I haven't. Why not? I don't know. I don't want to because I think it's not my responsibility. <laughs> well, it's, you know, it's funny because, you know, like we were saying earlier, how at the end of the day, the only person that can really accept me is myself. So anytime you're looking for that from someone else, you're essentially asking for an impossible task. You are. You really are. And I think if you can recognize that, if I can recognize that, in those moments that, well, this is pointless. It is It's an impossible task. Then you can disconnect and you can have that moment of awareness to say, 
what can I give to myself? It's it's, it's my job How isn't can I honor? my job isn't trying to get somebody else to like me. My job is to get myself to like me. Yeah, just have the best damn relationship I can have with myself. Yeah, because so many people spend all this time and energy being like, how can I have the best relationship with my husband, with my wife? Mm -hmm. You know, how can I have the best partner? It needs to start with your relationship with yourself. How can you have the best relationship with yourself? Yeah, because I think one of the things I've really learned that you've taught me more than anyone is is that concept of the best I can ever be in a relationship, a friendship, any kind Marriage. of relationship, any kind of relationship in life. The only way that I can show up the best is that if I myself am being authentic, you know, I can't go be what you need. No. Because that will always ultimately end up being bad because I'm not there you yeah, know but that's that's creating dysfunction yeah but right. a lot of people think that way nope you know how can i be what this person needs. needs me to be no because at the end of the day what whatever that person needs well they're gonna get who you are <laughs> yeah and whatever they need from you is the thing they're not giving them giving to themselves yeah that's why they yeah. need it yeah right there's this need it's like this obsession attachment yeah it's the unhooking that we need to do and realize we are the source of everything we want someone else to give us, something that we need from someone else to give us. Yeah, and it's important to recognize sort of the reverse of that too, is if you feel like you're, you catch yourself needing something from someone, maybe you, you really need a certain experience with a friend, take a moment and ask yourself why you need that from them. Yes. Because it's always going to probably come back and say, wait, what am I not giving to and myself? And the interesting thing is when you start giving yourself the things you need from somebody else, that person shows up completely different to, yeah. for you. Exactly. Like the mirroring of that person's, your relationship with them completely changes. And sometimes good, sometimes bad. I mean, sometimes you'll realize this person's completely dysfunctional and yeah. so toxic and you'll be able to create a boundary and end that yeah. friendship or whatever. But the only, that time, the only reason is. you had a relationship with them was because of something they were needing from you. Right. But I've yeah. also noticed like, you know, I also noticed the deeper that I have fell in love with myself, the deeper you're able to love me. Absolutely. And I don't, and it's not, it's not because I was like trying to figure out, okay, what can I do to get him to love me more? It was like, nope, I was just really really so in like love with myself and i'm working on being in love with myself and i and i, and I have noticed that you you're responding to me very differently yeah i mean i think that's what's made our marriage sort of expand even in the early stages is that you and i both recognize that there is nothing that i can be for that other person except myself yes and if I can show up as myself, then any relationship will flourish mm -hmm. or it'll go away because it no longer suits who you are. Yeah. It's a, it's a house cleaning of your life, honestly. Yeah. Sometimes it's scary. I mean, it was scary for me at first. Yeah. Absolutely. Because I saw people changing around me as I honored more of myself. And in many ways, it was amazing. And in other ways, people slowly faded away. Mm -hmm. But I can see, look back at things, and I can see the value of it all now, mm -hmm. which is really cool. Good job. Thanks. High five. All right. We're going to wrap things up with a little bit of fun. 
and do some rapid fire questions. Okay. Quick questions. Answer as you see fit. Okay. Okay. Very first one. What's a perfect evening look like? Ooh, that's a great question. Uh, a perfect evening looks like watching the sunset. You know, yeah, watching the sunset. Um, having some kind of dinner outdoors, like maybe with like those little like little lights that we have out there. The like massive fairy lights. Yeah, the massive fairy lights underneath the massive fairy lights. Watching the sun setting, um, like on a little like table with like flowers and like like some really soft music play. <laughs> so romantic. <laughs> and like a delicious warm meal and like really like quality time with the people that you really love in your life. Like mm. that is like a perfect evening for me. Like laughing and giggling and making fun of each other and being silly, but also like having a really amazing meal. Yeah. Yeah. Food. Food is great. And deep conversations. Of course. I mean, conversation with you is always deep. Okay. Uh, what are your top three skincare essentials? Ooh, my skincare essentials. My top three skincare essentials are rose hip oil. I've been using it for like eight years, seven, eight years now. And I think that's the secret to my beautiful skin. <laughs> rose hip oil. Um... I would say, what else is, what else? No, I would say water. I don't drink enough water, but it's water. Mm, that's a good one. Because when I drink, when I drink more water, I just feel good. My skin looks good. Um, and number three would be, um, this is hard because I don't use a lot of skincare products. I'm like so simple with my skincare. I think simple is better. Um, uh, I would say rose water. I like putting rose water on my face. Rose oil and rose water. Yeah. Nice. Good. Okay. So not everyone knows, but some people may know that uh, English is not actually your first language. No, it's not. Because you were born in India. Yes. So, tell me a simple greeting in Hindi. Uh, Namaste. Mera naam Kajal hai. Main abhi ek podcast record kar mere husband ke saath. Okay, now what does that mean? I said, hello, my name is Kajal. I'm recording a podcast right now with my husband. Beautiful. <laughs> I love it. I'm still learning. Okay. Tell me about one of the best meals you've ever had. Oh. <laughs> oh god, this is hard. Um the best meal that I've ever had. Honestly, this reminds me of my grandmother's food. Like I remember when I went to visit India um a couple years ago, I remember going to her house and she lives on a farm, totally off-grid, and just making like the freshest rice, roti, with sabzi and like pickles. Can't go wrong with grandma's no. food, right? And it's like, oh, I really miss like farm fresh Indian, Indian food. Okay. What's one of the best places you've ever visited? 
Oh, the best place that I've ever visited. Oh. <laughs> this is so funny. I was like, what is it? What is it that it just like pops up? It's Hawaii, of course. Of course. Duh. Which island? Um, let me talk about an experience. I would say... Hawaii at sunset with the sea turtles bathing in the sun. And just like listening to the ocean. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And like Hawaii has the most beautiful like bright red pink sunsets. Almost every night. Almost every night. Yeah. How many times have you been? Five. Dang. Okay. Houseplant or flower bouquet? Houseplant. Any day. I have like so many of them. Cats or dogs? That's hard. Pick one. Oh, cats. Yeah. I'm a cat person. Running or biking? Uh, I would say biking because you get you you move faster. You get to see more. <laughs> True. Beach walk or mountain hike? <sighs> mountain hike. Ooh, why? Because it's a challenge, and like you get to see lots of trees. <laughs> Back to the trees. Okay, last question. What's one piece of advice you would give to everyone you meet? What's one piece of advice I would give to everyone that I meet? You don't have to change who you are to be lovable. You are loved for who you are, as you are right now, in this moment. And the quicker that you realize that the more easier your life is going to be and the more fun you're going to have in your little short little lifespan of life that you have. Boom. Powerful. (laughs) Well, thanks for being on the other end of the podcast today. I hope this was a little fun change of pace, a little insight into you. Did you have fun? Yeah, I did. Thanks for interviewing me. I have a question for everyone listening. Who thinks that Ben should be on the podcast more? Or who thinks that Ben should start his own podcast? Oh, jeez. Send us a message. You can send me a message at my Instagram, which is Kajal S. Pandey, or Ben's Instagram, which is Ben Davis J. All Instagram handles will be in the show notes. We'd love to hear that. We'll see what happens. Give you something to respond to. There you go. Well... (laughs) Thanks for being on your own podcast. Thanks for having me.